1: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy.
2: So, Dr. Malone, I was at the grocery store yesterday and something interesting happened. I saw an unusual amount of people with masks. Dozens of people wearing, not a majority, but I'd say 15 percent of people wearing masks and I go every Sunday, you know, just get my get groceries for the family the way I can chip in. And it's totally different because two weeks ago there was almost nobody wearing masks. What has changed, Dr. Malone, except that the Mockingbird Media decided to press
1: a button? Uh, well, but Mockingbird Media, I uh, agree. They, it's not just the Mockingbird Media. It's uh, the pharmaceutical industry, uh, particularly Pfizer, uh, but, uh, but also Moderna has uh, cooperated again with the federal government and is getting the support of the federal government, including Mr. Biden, to promote the logic that uh, we have two uh, scary variants on the horizon that uh, are causing, this is, let's stay grounded in the data. There has been a modest uptick in hospitalizations attributed to COVID, but they're still running far, far below any of the major peak uh, levels and uh, the variants that are being identified appear to be more infectious, but still not particularly pathogenic. I think the thing that is particularly fascinating here, in addition to the fear porn, of course, uh, and the, the uh, willingness of entities like Lionsgate Media to impose max mandates, and then upon the outcry of many, hold, have pulled that back. And this is also happening with some of the schools but uh we have once again the development of new booster quote-unquote products aimed at these new variants and then the all unexpectedly was mr biden casually commenting that he has asked congress for additional funds to develop a coronavirus vaccine that quote works which of course implies the acknowledgement that the prior ones did not work, and that he would potentially want to mandate this for all Americans, including those that have previously received vaccine. Now they appear to be dialing back on that a little bit, but it is uh, amazingly concurrent with the upcoming primary season, which of course has got a lot of us uh, skeptics uh, concerned that there may be more shenanigans having to do with voting practices, et cetera, all rolled up into this new thing. Meanwhile, back at the World Health Organization, they don't seem to be particularly alarmed about these new variants. So we've got Biden wants more money to build a vaccine that'll work. And just to recap, there has never been a coronavirus vaccine for humans that has been safe and effective. This has been a constant source of frustration after billions and billions of dollars invested. And so somehow Mr. Biden thinks this is going to be solved in a moment with the snap of the fingers and uh, that he'll be able to mandate deployment of this. But as I recall, they stopped the emergency uh, declaration. And so if they're going to roll this out under EUA, they're going to have to have another emergency declaration. It's all very confusing.
2: So calling for a new vaccine one that actually works. And he says, I signed off this morning on a new plan to ask Congress for new funding. So, Dr. Mullen, you said something interesting. Can you just elaborate on it? You say that coronaviruses, we have difficulty traditionally inoculating against coronaviruses. If that's the case, why is it that our federal government continues to push boosters and now wants to go after another vaccine? I thought the first one was 100% safe and effective.
1: Right. So we know that that was a false narrative. that was actively promoted. And you used a key word in a subtle way at the opening of this segment. You used the term mockingbird. Uh, and we seem to have a resuscitation of mockingbird in so many different sectors. Of course, what you're referring to is Operation Mockingbird, yes, which was halted after, yes. I think, the church commission and then reinstituted by Mr. Obama as he was leaving office. There's a a great essay about this that Bobby Kennedy recently tweeted about that got a lot of attention from Tablet Magazine that covers the history of this new uh, censorship industrial complex that is very much tied to our intelligence community. So I'm trying to be very gentle here, and perhaps I shouldn't be. It looks to me like we have another concerted Bush Of fear porn, and the cynics would say, or those of us perhaps that are increasingly awake, that this seems to be being manipulated for other purposes other than public health. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400.
0: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: Because the signs and, and indications are that this is a more infectious, equally or less highly pathogenic pair of variants, which absolutely do avoid increasingly... Uh, The existing vaccines, as predicted, we would have by deploying a leaky vaccine into the teeth of an ongoing pandemic or epidemic, it is absolutely predictable that what you will get with a single-stranded RNA virus is virus that is able to more effectively evade the vaccine, and on top of that, we have this problem of original antigenic sin or the effects of repeated boosting that have been well-documented to result in the situation in which people who are repeatedly boosted have a higher probability of clinical infection, hospitalization, or death. It's a paradox, but it's not to those of us who are immunologists. So the government uh, is absolutely digging itself deeper and deeper into a hole And uh, seems to be throwing a Hail Mary. Oh, we're going to magically make this new vaccine appear that will actually work. And it will be done in a short period of time. And uh, you'll all have to take the jab. Dr. Malone, can you just comment on the lack of wisdom in our
2: expert class? It's striking and scary. Dr. Malone.
1: I would say what it seems to indicate is widespread conflicts of interest. Uh, Many people have wisdom. Uh, They may not share it with you. They may only talk about it with their friends or colleagues in private. Uh, I think we've seen a lot of examples of conflict of interest determining what people's public face is. We clearly have a failure of, of wisdom and insight and forethought in many of the responses of our federal government, however, these days. I think that's pretty rampant and uh as a consequence we're having rampant blowback unintended consequences in every single sector so I, I you know wisdom uh isn't always something that comes about just because you have deep knowledge i think the passage of time and the school of hard knocks and uh, a willingness to think deeply look inside and i think also uh, recognize the value of the divine and uh, the wisdom of the various teachings that we receive through the Judeo-Christian tradition and also help us in in developing wisdom. And I do my best, uh, including seeking counsel from you from time to time, uh, to try to stay balanced and, and keep on track and, and not overreact to things.
2: It's very sweet. And Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, as it says in the scriptures. So, Dr. Milano, play cut 24 and get your reaction. Play cut 24, please.
0: Just don't have anything else more to add. What I can say is that we are prepared for the fall. We believe that we're prepared for the fall. We believe that we are in a better position than we've ever been to combat COVID-19. Uh, and that's because of the work that the president has done. You heard from FDA. You heard from CD, uh, CDC, pardon me, who have said that there's going to be a new vaccine that's going to be av- available uh, mid-September. And look, because of the work that this administration has done with the leadership of this president, we have been able to put together a comprehensive way to deal with this pandemic, to deal with COVID-19.
1: It's coming, Dr. Malone. So uh, what you saw was another lesson in spin. And I think that's pretty obvious to your audience. At this point, we've all been through it. The evidence is not uh, that of the administration having succeeded, but rather the administration having failed again and again and again and again. Um, Failed in their propaganda efforts, in their information control efforts, their censorship efforts, the masking, uh, lockdown policies, school closures, uh, the uh, forced administration of this to particularly our military and uh, federal employees and through businesses. And we see that in all kinds of signs like this new library of 450 peer-reviewed papers that we've gathered through the Malone Institute through crowdsourcing that list a huge number of peer-reviewed validated adverse events that are occurring to Americans and humans all across the world. From these mandated medical products that do not function as vaccines. They do not prevent infection. They do not prevent replication. They do not prevent spread. They do not prevent hospitalization and they don't prevent death.
2: How would you recommend resisting and organizing our forces ahead of a new wave of potential lockdowns? The VA has just come out and has said mask mandates in every single one of their hospitals. Rutgers University is saying mask mandates. We know of several school districts that are, have already closed the school, uh, COVID lockdowns. What have you learned that you can share with the audience as the most effective method of noncompliance and civil
1: disobedience? Well, the first one is just say no. It's very simple. Don't buy in. And there'll be uh, consequences. There always are. But what's happened now as opposed to before is that a lot of these legal cases have proceeded through the courts and there's much more legal precedent, particularly about religious exemptions. So uh, be aware of the power of religious exemptions, particularly as it relates to the uh, imposition of shot mandates. Another thing that can be done is uh, really to uh, act in unison and uh, to communicate to others about what the true facts are, what the data are, so that people aren't consumed by fear because a lot of this is driven by a concerted effort to manipulate people's psychology and make them fearful. And uh, you'll recall, just to loop this into your core expertise, as I understand, the Bible has many, many references to the need to not fear. Mm -hmm. And that's not an accident. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things we absolutely have to do is not allow ourselves to be manipulated by fear, by the weaponization of fear and the fear mongering that we're going to be hearing in the press. Now, one of the things that I find most effective in countering a lot of these strategies is humor. Humor is a fantastic weapon. So memes Ridicule, uh, humor about the absurdity of what people, the the forces that be, are trying to impose on us, can be extremely effective. So legal, non-compliance. Be aware of what your rights are because they're now stronger than they were right after the initial outbreak. Uh, because there have been a number of these court cases. Don't fear. Don't allow yourself to be consumed by fear. And. Help those around you to not be consumed by fear. There's going to be a lot of weaponized propaganda coming at you uh, along these lines of be afraid of this, be afraid of that. As has been done, we've all noticed this serial rotation of fear messaging that are all around the existential crisis that we could be eliminated as individuals and as a species. The fear of uh, climate change, the fear of of energy crisis, the fear of a food crisis, the fear of infectious disease crisis. These are all existential fears that are the big fears. They're all about uh, that which could cause us to have a major loss of life or extinction. And it's no surprise that this is what's being weaponized against us. So don't buy into that and help the people around you. Be kind, be considerate, Be empathetic. It doesn't help to ridicule people if you want to bring them over to your side. That just drives them further apart. What we need to do is, as this rolls out, this new campaign of fear that is so clearly absurd and not grounded in facts, this is actually a great opportunity for us to help the persuadable middle to see the propaganda, to see what's being done. And instead of just talking to ourselves and saying, oh, isn't this absurd, look what they're doing now, Um, and I'm going to go exercise my Second Amendment rights or whatever the thing is that you want to do, try to be a little more empathetic, try to reach that persuadable middle, and gently help them to understand that they're being manipulated. I think those are the things that we could do to turn this around and, and make it work for our side. Uh, if, if the world and our colleagues in, and uh, associates, co-workers, family members can start to see what's being done here, if we can help them to do that, then we have a chance to get even more people to come over to our side. And then again, in closing, your faith is your best weapon in fighting off what is being done to all of us, which is truly evil.
2: I totally agree. I believe that this is a spiritual war that we are living through. And to your point, there are 365 verses that say, do not fear one for every single day. Do not be afraid. This is that constant repetition throughout the scriptures. And I believe we are engaged in a invisible war that manifests itself in a physical war. And tyranny is not God's idea. Peaceful civil disobedience is biblical. Look at the midwives in Exodus that disobeyed Pharaoh's orders to throw the babies into the river. Disobey if there is an order that goes against your faith or your freedom. In fact, there's also a fair amount of verses, Doctor, we could talk about that talk about your face. Show your face to the Lord. Do not cover your face, but we're not going to get into that right now. So, Dr. Malone, I find, though, this is the question of courage. And I'm sure you've done a fair amount of reflecting or meditating or thinking on what creates a courageous person versus a not so courageous person. Do you care to elaborate on that? Because it's been very interesting to see people who talk a big game sometimes don't have courage. Some people that you wouldn't expect do have courage. What have you learned about this idea of courage that Aristotle called the greatest of all the virtues over the last couple of years, three years post COVID lockdowns?
1: I think. For me, one of the key things that keeps me centered is to realize that there are worse things than death. And that death only happens once. It will happen to all of us. We shouldn't fear it. It's a natural part of living. We shouldn't obsess over it. Um, We shouldn't allow it to consume us. Uh, We should also remember that one of those things that's worse than death is compromising your soul, compromising your ideals. Because that's a little death that lasts forever. You can't get away from it. You can never hide from who you have become and what you have done. And uh, the other thing that really allows me, I think, in many ways to persevere despite all of the crazy, stupid stuff around me is having a community. And this may be another reason why the Communities of faith have been so able to resist a lot of this propaganda, is because they have friends and colleagues that share their ideals, and that they can interact with and uh, validate that they are on the right path, and that can give you a collective courage rather than just needing to have an individual fortitude. But I, I really think it comes down to what what do you want to be, and Unfortunately, what we learn over time in historical time is only a small fraction of the general population really want to be free, really want to um, live that courage and that commitment. And unfortunately, the majority of people want to be told what to do. Yes. And that courage, as you know, is not... a a blind willingness to risk death, but rather it's the willingness to face death and decide, proceed in an ethical, proper manner with integrity despite the risk. It's important really to have uh, integrity, be true to yourself, be true to your community, recognize that there are worse things than death And for those of you who are willing to be warriors, which is a small subset, those of you who really value freedom, you kind of don't have any choice. And if you compromise your ideals and you don't live in courage, a willingness to do the right thing, even though it might have consequences, it could potentially cause you to be harmed or lose your livelihood, you will find that it gives you dividends over time that you never expected. Not the least of which is that you retain your soul. When, when you have that little death of compromise, where you don't live with courage, you don't stand up to the evil. It's, it's a little death to your soul and it's really hard. I don't think you can ever get that back. So, be true to yourself, be true to your ideals, be true to your community, and be a warrior. That's, those are my advice about uh, courage and recognize that um, it's an individual position and it's something that um, allows you to be comfortable in who you are no matter what happens in the future. And strange dividends seem to come from it. I, I, it's inexplicable. It's very uh, mystical, but it happens. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.